0: We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Welcome to this week's episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee. I'm your host, Amanda Nally. Today, Dr. Rolanda Lister and I had the pleasure to be with certified nurse midwife, Dr. Stephanie Devane Johnson and Tiana Piles from Stars in Memphis. Star stands for breastfeeding sisters that are receiving support. We look at breastfeeding in the Black community and how we can encourage and support these moms on their breastfeeding journeys. So let's begin.
1: Welcome. We are so happy to have our two uh, guests, Stephanie Devane-Johnson. That's Dr. Stephanie Devane-Johnson and Ms. Tiana Piles. They are here to talk about breastfeeding. In the um, African-American community, some of the disparities and hopefully solutions. So welcome to Stephanie and Tiana. Thank you. Stephanie, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your background, what your interests are, and how you got involved in the work that you do?
2: Okay. Again, I'm Stephanie Devane Johnson. I've been a certified nurse midwife for over 20 years. I graduated from Vanderbilt um, with my midwifery and certification and obtained my PhD from UNC Chapel Hill in 2016. And having taken care of women of all ethnic backgrounds, I realized when I would ask a patient, you know, how are you going to feed your baby? Um, A lot of my Black African American patients were like, no, I'm not going to breastfeed. I'm just going to formula feed. That stuck with me. And every time I would try to say Probe and say why, they just couldn't answer. So that's what spurred my interest in breastfeeding disparities and thus my research in cultural and historical influences that influence contemporary Black women's thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs about breastfeeding. So I've been in, I was in North Carolina my whole career, moved to Tennessee a year ago, and through another breastfeeding friend, Jada. Connected with you, Rolanda, and so, <laughs> and we've we've been a pair ever since. Definitely,
1: that's um excellent. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit about yourself, Tiana. I know that you have an amazing organization that you founded specifically to uh, impact breastfeeding in the African American community. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of the story of how you? got to where you are.
3: Sure. And Dr. Lister, it's so good to see your face again. Mm-hmm. In fact, we met at TIPQC, one of the last meetings on earth before the <laughs> pandemic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's so to see your face and I'm loving that hair, girl. I'm loving yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah Jada works magic because that, that's how I met Dr. Devane Johnson so Jada is wonderful uh, so a little bit about my background I am originally from Northampton, Massachusetts and I moved to Memphis, Tennessee uh, 15 years ago to take care of both of my grandmothers later on in both their, their years of life and so for my family I come from an unbroken chain of breastfeeding moms and so for me breastfeeding wasn't necessarily a big deal so I'm living in uh In in a bliss of ignorance of just thinking that's how it is. And so as I uh, became a peer counselor at CLC uh, in 99 um, in Massachusetts, you know, it was just really for me and my friends and, and WIC participants more just to, you know, help and, you know, encourage and promote. But when I moved here, oh, my goodness, it was a culture shock. And, you know, people are like, well, you know, you're black And they're, you know, they're black people And it's like, yeah, but my sisters aren't breastfeeding And for some really interesting reasons And so it's like, okay, all right we, 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 my, my background is healthcare admin as well as real estate um, And so it's like, you know, family empowerment Let's see how we can empower my sisters uh, on, a, on a choice that is for the most part free And empowering for themselves and their baby Healthier for them and their families uh, and so I uh, became a peer counselor down here uh, in 2014 and, you know, didn't, never look back, you know, so in, in uh, helping to be one of the co-founders of B-STARs, breastfeeding sisters that are receiving support, it really just gave a, a stage to a lot of energy that didn't have that available. And so like at our first meeting back in July of 2015, we had 39 people there and it was a mixture of professional Black women, lay women, WIC participants, like everyone, uh, including birth workers. It's like everybody needed something and now they finally had an Mm -hmm. avenue Direction to be able to express and support and encourage each other. And you know how we are as Black women. Once we get together on one issue, we solve like all other kinds of problems. So, like, we have that time together. So, it just, it just, we, it was just like a true effort, a calling, a momentum, just a momentum happening um, for the organization. So, we just guide it with love. Um, We have CLCs uh, that are available as well as IBCLCs in our network. And so, um, we are a nonprofit organization. And for the most part, we just do a lot of things that we do out of love and out of need. But we are uh, definitely trying to structure moving forward to be a sustainable organization because mm-hmm. the love and the need goes very far. But, <laughs> you know, you also need some financial backing as well to go even further.
1: Excellent, excellent. You mentioned, Tiana, that you came from a long line of, it was kind of generational, like in terms of that was the expectation to breastfeed. What, What, in your opinion are the um, most important benefits to breastfeeding?
3: For me, there's nothing like the bond. Now there's of course nutri- nutritional value, which is amazing. Um, in the WIC offices, they always have like these these Legos uh, where it shows you how many different nutrients come out of breast milk versus formula. And in no way that we, you know, we're not formula bashing or anything. There There is definitely a need for formula in certain circumstances, but, it, but we find in our communities that formula was pushed and we were never ever given the other option or choice. And so we just wanna make sure that our moms are very well of all of their feeding options for their baby. And so with that, I list bond first, because sometimes I find that that is even more alluring than the nutritional part. You know, they feel like, well, shoot, I was formula fed and I did okay, but that connection. That you know, my children. I have four children. My oldest is 23. My youngest is 10. And my connections that I had with them. Of course, you know, you got a parent as well, but you know, that breastfeeding connection is just, uh, just, uh, and just so valuable. Absolutely, Stephanie. I don't know if you're if some of your work
1: kind of can speak to. The difference between when there's a generational expectation and a normalcy to breastfeeding versus what many other African American women um, experience, you know, in their culture. What what is your opinion about the difference between having that family support versus, I guess, maybe how history has informed why the breastfeeding rates um, may be disparate between Black women and others?
2: Definitely. So. Just to kind of sum up what you just said, you know, Black women, African-American women have the lowest breastfeeding rate nationally of any race. But Black women do breastfeed. But the caveat to that is breastfeeding is not necessarily normalized in the Black community. So when I did my qualitative research, I did focus groups with Black mothers age 18 to 89. A lot of what came out in some of the things was like, they didn't know, they thought breastfeeding was a white thing. Nobody in their family had ever breastfed. And so, if you, it's in the literature that social support and family support is integral in um, initiating and exclusivity of breastfeeding. So, normalizing breastfeeding in the Black African American community to where it's an unbroken chain, as Tiana said, and I love the way that you mm-hmm. realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the first one in um my family to breastfeed and and I went against the grain because I was a nurse midwife. I had to support a significant other, my mom, I knew other girlfriends who had breastfed, but it was it was still, you know, can I do this? because I had not necessarily seen anybody in my family who had done it, but I was bound and determined that I was going to breastfeed and I was successful with it. But a lot of women, especially now that we're not as tribal and village, like we're transplants. Everybody's in different parts of the state really doesn't have their aunties and Medeas and grandmas and things and around them. And you need that support at three and four o'clock in the morning when your nipples are sore and your breasts are, are engorged. And so that's why getting having B stars and mahogany milk and other um, mocha moms, other black breastfeeding women who look like you. To go to for tips and advice and encouragement. Yep, that's normal. Yep, that happened to me. So you need to hear that, that you're not the out, you know, the lone man on the island. That is what I think sustains a lot of Black women in being able to stick with it and not just kind of, because it's easy to give up. It's easy. That formula bottle is sitting right there. It's harder to stick with it. But once you kind of get through a certain part and you see other women that may potentially have the same struggle than you, it's a community and camaraderie. In your work
1: that you do, and this could be for, for either one of you, what have you noticed as barriers, I guess, at the level of the community in terms of what, what inhibits women, particularly Black women, from initiating and maintaining breastfeeding?
3: Sometimes it's as simple just as some support and education. Uh, like Stephanie was saying, for a mom to just hear that it's, it's happened to someone else is so powerful um you know us as women in the world that we live in we are always so self-conscious about everything especially mommyhood and when you are dealing with uncharted waters for your family you know like stephanie that i applaud you for being the first in your family you know going through all that you did and doing that despite of all that go ahead girl some people could have easily used that as an excuse you know and, and felt okay about it. Mm-hmm. But in having the support system in place and in knowing for that mom to know that they are a good mom and they're doing the best that they can do. And it has happened to others. And this is how they got through it. Let's see if that works for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I remember, um,
1: and I guess we're going to testify, you know, everybody's got... <laughs> I remember when, um, you know, with all of the, I had come from a long line of breastfeeding. It was normal in our family too. My mother breastfed, my sister breastfed. So that was the expectation coupled with the education that I've, you know, had. Um, I knew the many benefits of breastfeeding. But when it came down to when it was game day, I would have to say um, it was really... A challenge, particularly, but I had a mother-in-law who was, who had said to me, if you could just get through the first three weeks, you know, and I think a lot of times um, moms may be tempted to give up too early, especially the first time. Cause it, you know, it, it can be challenging. There's some tenderness, there's soreness. So what advice would you give to maybe a new mom who, you know, has the the desire to breastfeed, but is finding it really difficult? And how can she access some of the supports that you guys mentioned?
3: <laughs> uh look, Now look, Stephanie and I were up here, you're nodding, nodding. And then when you got to that, I have a mother-in-law, we both said, a mother-in-law, baby, can kill or, or, or help a breastfeeding journey. Oh my goodness. So we were both like okay. so, it was awesome that she said that she was helpful because you know, there you go, another example. You just and, and then even just knowing that you have her support, you have your husband's mom mama's support in doing what you're doing. Because if she had been the opposite, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so uh please forgive me. I, I kind of forgot the question because I was like, wait a minute, I gotta get this out. <laughs> For uh, family right. support, for I would, yeah, I would,
1: I would. Well, the question was, you know, in those times, in those early times, because I think that's probably the hardest time. What advice would you give to a brand new mother who had been committed to breastfeeding but finds those that early period most difficult? How would you say to kind of Get through that. What can she
3: access? Right, right. Well, what we try to do is we're try, We try to be as proactive as possible. Now, it's still word of mouth. Um, that seems to work best for us. Um, and if we can get moms who are pregnant into our network, tapping in, of course, pre-COVID we had in-person meetings, but now just, you know, getting on one of our streams on Facebook or YouTube or um, Instagram, just kind of getting them uh, in the mind of knowing that they that we have their back and they may or may, or may not need us, but we're mm-hmm. there. So as they give birth, they already know oh, if I'm having a problem or an issue, I can reach out and I already have the numbers and all that. So depending on where they were in fact I spoke to a mom this morning. Now my quiet, I'm I'm a night owl. So moms will call me all times of night and are surprised that I'm awake, but I'm, I'm there. But my quiet time is usually about mm, seven o'clock to about nine. And so this mom uh, reached out, you know, a, a number I didn't have on my phone and I'm like, you know, let me get the phone. I'm, I'm so glad I did, but it was just like, you know, word of mouth, you know, got my number. Uh, you know, it was all ap- apologetic about the time. I said, no, 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 I uh-uh, what's going on. And I can feel that emotion in her voice because she just, this, like, a couple day old baby and was really struggling with making sure that she had enough milk for her baby because her baby uh, and her baby cried. It was, and that was that good cry. You know, that, that cry that only gets to that mother. Yeah. It was that good cry. And I said, uh-uh, She just, you know, she's fresh and brand new. She wants to be near you and it's okay. You're not spoiling her, you know, all those things like that. And so after our conversation, which was maybe about 15 minutes, she was so much more relieved. I'm going to check on her um, over the weekend Her husband was in the background, which was awesome, you know, saying some of the things that she, you know, forgot or, you know, didn't say. And so I applauded him as well. Uh, And so then I also, and she said, oh, I I befriended you on Memphis Stars, but I haven't gotten accepted. I said, oh, no. I said, girl, that's on me. I said, let me go in there and, you know, take care of that. So just making sure she's connected and having those conversations. She does know we have IBCLCs if needed, but all she really needed was a pep talk, Mm -hmm. you know to know that she was doing, uh, she was, she was doing an awesome job. Are there other myths um, you had mentioned that she had kind of felt,
1: you know, because the baby was crying probably cluster feeding mm-hmm. was happening during those early um, morning hours. Are there other myths that need to be kind of busted in terms of breastfeeding, you know, like myths about breastfeeding, how often to breastfeed, the duration of breastfeeding, I know that there are many people have different opinions. What are your thoughts about dispelling some of the common myths
3: related to breastfeeding? Stephanie, how long did you breastfeed your, your daughter? 14 months. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So that is a myth. And it's, you know, one of the things, to you know, to because people feel like, you know, of course, uh, United States, we have, uh, it was at least to six months. I know that they're now suggesting to a year, which is wonderful and awesome and about time, mm-hmm. but the rest, world is to two years old you know the world health organization says to two benefits for baby and for mom till two and so oh my goodness people just can't imagine have a baby at their titty at you know 18 months old you know walking around drive-by breastfeeding like all of that so it's like wait no so you have to really just help them to visualize Breastfeeding 18 months, 14 months old is not the same as a newborn. They have, you've introduced other foods and this is just also on top of that, you know, so like having those conversations. So then they go from what to, oh, okay. And then end up breastfeeding for past two years old, you know? So um, that is definitely one of the myths. Um, And then even uh, schedules unfortunately our society and our healthcare has it where you know in a bottle you see the liquid disappear so you know how much it should be in there with a the breast it you, you can't really gauge that and then your baby may eat every 20 minutes and then maybe, maybe finally rest for an hour and then be right back at it. Or they may rest for two hours and then, you know, it's, 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 every baby is different. So there is no right way to breastfeed. You are literally learning your baby and your baby is learning you. And once you think that you got a schedule together, that's when they going to change it up, you know, up, up, (laughs) up. No
2: more schedule. Y'all know. <laughs> right, right, right. Spoiling is a big thing in our community as well. That's in the literature. That's one thing that I found when I did a literature search um, doing my doctoral work is that, you know, they mothers felt as though breastfeeding, they were going to spoil them, make them soft. And formula feeding, they're going to be soldiers. They're going to be stronger. And that is so... If anything, it's the exact opposite. The breastfeeding babies are the soldiers and the the warriors, because breast milk is hard to get out. Bottle feeding, they throw it down your throat. And so that I try to, because I still practice as a nurse midwife, tell my patients, like that is so not true. You just love your baby. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Babies need to be loved. You can't spoil a baby. Babies cry for a reason. You know, all these methods, cry it out, this, that, and the other thing. Nobody can tell you how to parent and love on your child. But after a while, a baby forgets why it's crying. And then they're into a fight or flight. And then they're like, okay, now they must have neglected me. They're gone. Where are my parents? Mm-hmm. So just reassuring, especially new moms, even moms who've had babies before, like you cannot spoil your baby. Like this is good. Babies need that. They need the nurturing to feel safe.
1: Great. Great, that's great to know. I know a lot of times um, that there's that myth of of can you spoil your baby. So that's really good to know that breastfeeding for a long time frequently is not going to have that impact. So in terms of like support, both of you guys have mentioned the importance of um, having community support, having lactation counselors as support. Sometimes, sometimes the best support is right in the home, and sometimes the father can feel, maybe feel alienated when the mother has all of this great bonding going on. So what is, what is a way that partners, husbands, fathers, um, significant others who are in the mom's life can best support uh, the mom who wants to breastfeed?
2: I always like, keep them busy. Like if I breastfeed you, you change the diaper. Like, I'm not going to breastfeed and change the diaper. So if I'm breastfeeding, you change the diaper. And, you know, encouraging them, like, look, get her something to eat or a bottle of water. And I've also encouraged, after probably about four to six weeks, and if they're planning on going back to work, if they started to initiate pumping, put some pump breast milk in a bottle and let dad mm. have a moment. Some quiet time in the wee hours of the morning and you get a nap. Mm. And that just means wonders. That to them is they feel as though they don't get any quiet or quality time with the baby. The baby maybe likes you better than it likes me. They still they start doing you know, the old woe is me thing. And it's like, no, she's like the breast. Um, the <laughs> baby's going to who likes the breast the best. So in giving dad one something to do in encouraging mom to pump some breast milk, give it to dad so that they, they can. Because in the black community, it's not just the dads, it's the moms and the grandmamas too. Everybody wants to hold that baby. Yeah, That's why we have babies. I just want to hold the baby. My mom was like, breastfeed, but don't burp her. Let me burp her. Mm. Okay, so I would breastfeed. She just wanted her back. So you you still have to keep the whole family engaged. Mm. And they're not trying to sabotage the breastfeeding experience they're just wanting some time to feel that connection as well so be creative Mm -hmm. like okay i'm like if you don't want to introduce a bottle i'll breastfeed but like you say you can burp them you can change their diaper you can rock them to sleep or whatever else but just give people a way to be engaged Mm -hmm. that's all that they want to not feel left out
3: definitely yeah, and sometimes they feel like the only way to bond is to just to bottle feed, you know. Because I mean, in our society, usually you see pictures of people, you know, feeding the baby, and so it's like, no. I, I always encourage our moms and our dads and our and our uh, support group, uh, support, family support, uh, to do skin to mm-hmm. skin because that's the best way to bond, and it gives new moms a moment, just a moment of time to themselves. Maybe just run to the bathroom. Maybe the splash of water, you know, yeah. you know, just a little bit. But, uh, it empowers dads to feel like they are truly, you know, they actually have to, you know, take a shirt off and, you know, wrap up with the baby and okay. I'm, I'm, I'm Hey, I'm doing skin to skin, you know, give me oh. my time. Okay. So, um, so that um, that is something that we really it, it helps also to increase uh, uh, breast milk for the mom if she's feeling uh, you know a certain kind of way about um, her supply, and just also for the baby feels feels amazing for them. They've been inside you know a mom's womb for nine months, and so to lay on her chest and hear her heartbeat or hear dad's voice that that she's been hearing for nine months is that is just re- reassuring that they're in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, um, yeah, I think one of the things that that helped when I was on the journey, and I I've breastfed three children for at least a year, Awesome. they they kind of, they start out really long, like the first one was like, two plus years, and the second one was like, 20 months and the third one. She, we went to Paris when she was about a year old. So by the time we got back, <laughs> it was done. But one of the things that um, was helpful from my husband was just like encouragement, you know, like, good job. You got it, you know, like you're doing it. And that, along with some of the pragmatic things that you had mentioned, Stephanie, about, you know, making sure that there is, you know, there's food. You know, because it takes a lot of calories to, you know, lactate and make milk. Make sure there's hydration. So I think those are are definitely great.
3: Right. And how and how empowering is it for like our our men and our boys Mm -hmm. to breastfeeding in a home? Um, my uh son who's 23. Um, I I don't get to spend much time with my children with this work and what I do. So I. Drag them, but bring them when you need to events. And so we were at a breastfeeding thing, and um our local coalition has a shirt, breastfed babies are born to breastfeed. And so he was like, Eh, I don't I don't want to wear that shirt, but I would wear a shirt that I'm proud to, to be a breastfed baby. Oh. So um, I said, Okay, so you know, we talked about the idea, and he's just like, Well, we gotta list some good health things, so help me with that. But our number one reason has to be I am more apt to appreciate a woman's body for what it can do naturally you know i had to get them shirts printed i have three boys one girl and so in our family dynamic oh this morning so as my 10 year old is preparing for virtual school in my Mm -hmm. space that i'm on this call with this mom Mm -hmm. like get off the call he says so did did uh is she breastfeeding enough and you know, like he, he was listening to my conversation. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know, um, does she sound like she's going to keep going? And I see, oh yeah, she, you know, she should. And so like, even in that, what what wow. 10 year old you know? What 10 year old black little boy, yeah. you know, feels comfortable with just, you know, is she, is, is everything going good? with right. her breastfeeding, you know? Right. Uh, so, of course, he's in my household, yeah. but how empowering for our men, our boys who mm-hmm. grow up in those households and then turn around into hopefully their own households later on yeah uh, how uh, <laughs> their their partners in their life who may or may not come from a breastfeeding family, you know, mm-hmm. so breastfeeding does so much for a family dynamic, oh, excellent, oh, I love that story, so um. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Do you know any male breastfeeding uh, lactation specialists? No,
3: there are. They're not in Memphis. Uh shoot, but we, we know a couple, huh, Stephanie? Yeah, Cliff. Yep. <laughs> 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 I was thinking of Baswamba. <laughs> Nope. So there, there are a okay. few, okay. but in fact, Rose reaching our sisters everywhere now has reaching our brothers oh. everywhere, mm-hmm. and so they have started a network to make sure that uh, fathers and partners are empowered and also have the lactation, uh, lactation professional support that they need as well.
1: Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. almost
3: wonder if, like, is pregnancy and the postpartum period too late to
1: start that conversation? Like, maybe these conversations should be again in elementary school or high school you know, where we learn about the body and learn about the different functions of the body. Yeah, that, that sounds, that's very intriguing, which you just mentioned how your 10-year-old son,
2: um,
1: you know, is, is getting acclimated to the natural biologic process of nursing and this early on.
2: I totally, uh, totally agree. I think mm-hmm. it needs to happen before mm-hmm. somebody decides that they're going to have a baby, like you say, elementary school, middle school, high school. but pushing back on our healthcare system and the need for more nurse midwives and more physicians who promote breastfeeding. You just have to ask the question. Mm -hmm. I've had so many patients. um, they're just like, you know, you're the only person that asked me how I was going to feed my baby. Mm -hmm. Whenever we do, I do a new OB, which is their first appointment. We're doing a breast exam. How are you going to feed your baby? Oh no, these are for my husband. I'm going to formula feed. I'm like, girl, you do know that's not why they're on your chest, right? you your baby. Um, and, you know, having the conversation. And so I saw that same patient back a couple of weeks later. She was like, You remember me? And I was like, Yeah. She said, You remember I wasn't going to breastfeed. I was like, I know you said they were for your husband. And she was like, I'm going to try. Yeah. And I was like, You know what? High five. That's all I asked. <laughs> Just right. try don't say no to something and you haven't given it a try it might be work out for you and be fabulous best thing ever Mm -hmm. so I was like just have to ask the question Mm -hmm. just have to ask the question and promote breastfeeding and a lot of breastfeeding moms think it's all or nothing I've been I haven't had a drink in nine months I just want a glass of wine you couldn't have a glass of wine and breastfeed? I can't. Like these are all myths that you were saying. There's so many myths out there Mm -hmm. that for some women make it seem like they can't do both. And you totally can do both. Mm -hmm. Have a life. You can have a drink every now and again. You can do all that and still feed your baby. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. I don't like that society puts all that pressure, all or nothing, on women. That's kind of like, can you have a career and be a good mom? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yeah. But some organizations make you, one of my patients in one of my studies, her boss was just like, so are you going to be a C plus employee or C plus mom or A plus employee or A plus mom? An mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, why does that have to be a choice? Yeah. What
1: or yeah, well, that's a great segue to probably our last point, which is transitioning back to the workplace. A lot of mothers are full- time, you know, fully employed and um want to balance breastfeeding their baby at whatever age and continuing to work. So, can you talk to us a little bit about how to be successful after? Um, Re entering the workforce?
3: Sure. Um, what we usually try to do is we have topics around breastfeeding education and support. And so it runs the gamut from anywhere from smoking um, uh, and breastfeeding postpartum depression, um, going back to work and breastfeeding. And so, uh, during that segment, we talk about, you know, okay, you're, you're, you're six to 12 weeks are up now, you know, now what, you know, what are you planning to do? And on uh, the segment right before that, we talk about planning on going back to work and what does that mean and building your milk bank up. And so then it's like, okay, you know, who, who's going to take care of this baby? Who's going to, who is going to be responsible for feeding your breast milk to this baby, okay. either member or daycare. Cause a lot of our daycare facilities are not, prepared to handle breast milk Mm -hmm. or don't want to handle it. Mm -hmm. So, um, having those conversations that way, when a mom returns to work, it is with as decent and as much forethought as possible. So that that's not another thing that she's stressed out. She's already missing her baby, Mm -hmm. you know, already, you know, a lot of other emotions going on. Um, but to have on top of that, not sure if her, family member is comfortable enough to know the schedule of this new uh, this baby uh, and maybe this baby's used to breast, uh, you know, truly breastfeeding. So introducing that bottle in enough time for them to to not be nipple confused and be able to, you know, breastfeed uh, from the bottle with, with, uh, with the breastfeeding help. Um, so to have those conversations so that they feel uh, as much at ease, because you're already going to be fretful anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that your mother who went to some classes with you or got some information with you and you've even left your baby a couple of days or a week before you had to go to work with her and your baby's doing good that is like the best peace of mind that you can have that you can have you have your a-plus career and be an a-plus mom with the help of your family support Mm -hmm.
2: and as a nurse midwife what I always try to encourage patients to do I was just like you know We, if you're going to run a 5k or a half marathon, you plan and you train for it, Mm -hmm. try to think ahead and put people and things in place to help you succeed. If you have other children who's going to, help? you know, schedule some play dates, if it's postpartum and have a meal train, have, you know, maybe for some gifts instead of a pack of diapers, uh, people get together and get somebody to help come and clean your house. And all of this was yes. pre-COVID, but I think, um, <laughs> but I think like you could go for a drive for an hour, put the baby in the car, and leave and let somebody come and clean your house. But I think we, especially as Black women, there is a thing. It's called superwoman schema, and we have a hard time letting go and saying yes, please, and thank you to what people offer. And that's why I was just like, you say yes, please, and thank you to what anybody offers you. You sit and you recover. Because it's not just breastfeeding, it's recovering. Mm-hmm. Whether you have a vaginal delivery or a C section, it's traumatic, it's hard on the body. Um, but to empower women to speak up, say what you need, mean, mean it, and put people around you. Who are willing to do that stuff for you? Mm-hmm. take a load off mm-hmm. we take care of everybody else to our detriment mm-hmm. um, and as postpartum is the time to where you the mother needs to be mother. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that I love that um that whole concept of surrounding yourself with that village, and we used to have it um You know, tribally, historically, and now we have to kind of recreate that um, amongst our community. So I'd like to thank both of you all for um, just a riveting conversation uh, about this really important topic. And I think I'll probably close out this episode And we look forward to just following your work in the community. If someone wanted to get in touch with Tiana, with B-STARS, can you kind of give us uh, some information about that?
3: Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Telephone number is 901-600-7085. And email address is T, as in Tiana, piles, P-Y-L-E-S, at bstars.org. Or um, you can uh, reach us on Facebook. Our social media handles are um, B-Stars901. And our closed private group is Memphis b Star. So wait to be befriended. And we just talk about everything mommyhood. Wonderful. Well, thank you, ladies.
1: Thank you so very much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, presented by TipQC. TIPQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T-I-P-Q-C.org, and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team.